Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, the team continues to make minor moves to the roster. You'll hear from the offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator, plus a whole lot more, all on Wednesday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, December 20th, 2023. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Just Raiders. Win. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Just win. Your team Just every win. day. Just win. And welcome in Raider Nation to another edition of the Lockdown Raiders Podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen of the day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. To get the latest edition of the show as soon as it becomes available, of course, as always, you're checking us out on YouTube. Thank you very much. We appreciate that. And we appreciate my man Ari. He does a great job each and every day making sure we're on YouTube. We're looking good. We're sounding good. He continues to make tweaks. He continues to improve the show as only Ari can. He's a perfectionist behind the scenes and does a hell of a job. Check him out on Twitter at Ari Produces. You can hit me up as well at your boy Q254. And we got the Lockdown Raider Podcast voicemail line at 707-654-4693. Your calls and texts are coming up in segment number three. Got a lot of feedback based off of Tuesday's show, so we'll try to get as much in of that as possible. Coming up in segment number three of today's show, again, your calls and texts straight off that Lockdown Raider Podcast voicemail line. Segment number two, I had my man Tashawn Reed from The Athletic on my radio show on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920 on Tuesday, and I had an opportunity to catch up with him and talk about a couple different articles that he's been writing as of late that have to do with the silver and black and uh, Antonio Pierce being an interim head coach. Got his thoughts on that. Plus the trip that he made to Dallas, Texas to the owners meetings to sit down with Mark Davis and kind of go behind the scenes on the process of uh, bringing in the next head coach, the next GM, and potentially president of football operations and whoever that could be. So you'll hear a part of that conversation coming up in segment number two. Here in segment number one, i like to hit you with the news and notes of the day. So we'll jump right into it after I tell you about the title sponsor of the show, which is Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. That's Game Time. I'll tell you a lot more about them later on in the show. But let's go ahead and jump into the news and notes. And off top, the Raiders made a roster addition on Tuesday. My guy Jordan Schultz from Bleacher Report actually reached out to me, sent me a text message to uh, alert me to this, that the Raiders are signing defensive tackle Marquand McCall. Uh, he said McCall's 24 has a massive space-eating nose with good feet and heavy hands. He had 15 tackles and two tackles for losses as a rookie for the Panthers last season. Now, the thing about it is McCall's 24 years old, and he wasn't on the Panthers roster. Uh, he was not in football. So uh, they signed him. He's a, he's a guy that was a free agent, and it kind of lets you know that he was a rookie a year ago, but yet was not on the roster. So obviously he wasn't a world beater. He's not a guy that's fantastic. He's not a guy that's going to be a super big difference maker. But clearly to me, it shows that he's a guy that could be depth. He'll probably be added to the practice squad. It wasn't announced officially by the Silver and Black that McCall was being added to the roster, but uh, I know for a fact that he is being added, and they'll probably make that announcement sometime today where he's being added. My guess is going to be to the practice squad, and then they'll show some kind of addition. But the thing about it is, you add a guy like that, again, a big dude, right? He's like 6'4", 380 pounds. Or he's a big monster, right? He's a big old dude. I don't have the specifics on him as far as his size. But uh, that kind of tells me that they're not where they want to be with Byron Young. 
the the pick that they made in the third round out of Alabama. Uh, he was a guy that I've seen him do just about nothing this year. Uh, Nesta Jade Silvera, he's a guy that a lot of people got excited about for a quick minute, uh, played a couple games uh, so far this season. And, you know, he had a couple moments in the locker room that he was celebrating and uh, talking pretty highly about himself. And he basically never saw the field after that. So uh, clearly they're looking for depth, the defensive tackle position. And that's what Maquan uh, McCall will be. And again, I, I believe that that announcement will come officially sometime today that he's being added to the practice squad. I can't see him being added to the 53-man roster. Want to take it back a little bit, though, in the draft process. Want to pull up some notes on him. Uh, it says, heavy nose tackle who is more space eater than dominant player in the middle of the defense. McCall's size and strength are positive factors in challenging single blocks and double teams, but he doesn't play with enough leverage. Body control or hand command to require game planning by the offense. He doesn't help as a pass rusher and has limited range as a run defender. So sticking uh, with the team as a rotational nose could be challenging. So that was just the write-up. So again, uh, McCall is not a big-time player, uh, someone to get super excited about. He's a big dude. Obviously, he'll be part of a, a rotation and depth as far as that, pack, uh, that practice squad goes. As far as I'm concerned, again, that notice and that, uh, that uh, official uh, you know, email will come out from the Raiders, I'm assuming, sometime today. Also wanted to hear a couple sounds from uh, offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator, both Patrick Graham, the D.C., and offensive coordinator Bo Hardegree met with the media on uh, Tuesday. I wasn't able to be there. I had a meeting at the radio station, but I took a couple sound bites, one from B, both coordinators that I thought was pretty important. And we'll start with the defensive coordinator, Patrick Graham, and really just talking about Malcolm Kuntz, a guy who's really grown in his third year, a guy who's finally got out of the doghouse now that Josh McDaniels is not uh, the head coach anymore, and Antonio Pierce has basically wiped the slate clean and given him an opportunity, and all you've seen him do is thrive. A couple sacks he had on Thursday against the Chargers, a couple forced fumbles, and he's been doing that consistently, getting to the quarterback, getting pressures, getting sacks, and forcing fumbles. Here's defensive coordinator Patrick Graham talking about Malcolm Kuntz and really what's gotten into him and why he's seen him improve in year three in the league. Malcolm, skilled player in terms of speed, quickness, the ability to bang, plays with his hands, and just the consistency of it showing up. And where did it start? It started in practice. I mean, you guys, everybody on defense to a man, I mean, that's, I mean, I probably pointed out, me, myself, uh, Robbie, Matt, we've, AP, we've pointed out how he's been practicing this whole year, and I would say, especially over the last six weeks, it's been impressive. I stopped watching the tape one time and just like for dramatic effect, I guess. And we had gone 20 plays, and I said, you know, Malcolm's done everything exactly how we wanted him to do this whole practice. And I made sure that I made sure the next day when we got with the players, I made sure I told them that. I said, that's why he's getting better. So again, how we adapt to it, again, we got, it's our job to put them in the right spots and make sure we're getting, uh, teaching them the right things. But I think just what Malcolm's done, again, I never want to give us too much credit. It's him making the decision, practice the right way, get better to improve, put in the necessary work. And it's not, it's, it's just, that's what it comes down to in professional football. Guys making the decision to improve and then, me trying to stay out of the way and not mess him up. And I just, I couldn't be more proud of that guy in terms of, I still remember the Zoom call I had with him when he was coming out of college, uh, when he was at Buffalo. I, I liked him then, I like him now. Great player. I mean, he's just, he's just improving every day and it started with practice. So it's not just coach speak when we say that. I mean, you, you probably could ask him that, but I don't want to speak for him. So pretty detailed answer right there from Patrick Graham, a guy who doesn't really go into deep details. 
right? He normally, his answers are pretty short, but I thought that that was a really good answer. And I mean, his media session was probably like seven or eight minutes long, maybe a little bit more, but I thought that that was a really good one on Malcolm Koontz. And I'm excited to see what Malcolm Koontz can continue to do. Right? We talk about the next three games for Antonio Pierce. We talk about the next three games for Bo Hardegree, Aiden O'Connell. The next three games are important for Malcolm Koontz as well to continue to build off what he's done. And I really do like what he brings to the table and starting to look at a three-headed monster, man. Malcolm Koontz, Max Crosby, and Tyree Wilson in the middle. Nice little NASCAR package. I like what they've got going on. Can these guys finish off the season strong and show what that three-headed monster can look like? So one soundbite from offensive coordinator Bo Hardegree, and it has to do with him going to the booth. He was on the sideline uh, for the first few games as the offensive coordinator and the first time play caller, and then Antonio Pierce, after that 3 nothing loss to the Vikings, made the move, put him in the booth, and, well, obviously there was a really good out, uh, offensive performance on Thursday versus the Chargers. I mean, hell, every unit of the team played really well on Thursday against the Chargers, but here's Bo to Hardegree on the difference between being in the booth as opposed to the sideline. Then you'll hear a follow-up as well from Vinny Bonsignor, but here's Bo Hardegree on Tuesday. The difference is, obviously, you can see the full field from, you know, from kind of you guys are up there. Uh... You can you can really see it pretty quickly, um, so you get instant feedback, which is important as a play caller, um, and that was an advantage for sure. Um, communication quicker, I thought. Um, adjustments, um, and so it was it was a different vantage point for sure because it takes out, you know, you're just sitting in a box, um, kind of soundproof. Um, you know, so it was it was definitely a uh, a definite change, and you know, it was uh, it was positive for us. Have you been up in the booth prior to it in your coaching career? Or? I have. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you, anything? Any preference or? No, I mean, it, it's good to be a first time play caller and get both opportunities to kind of as you grow, um, to kind of you know, basically take both of them and kind of weigh my differences. Um, so definitely, obviously. This uh, actual opportunity um, worked out pretty well. So Antonio Pierce mentioned it the other day that it's not broke. Don't fix it. So expect to see Bo Hardegree in the booth again come Monday, Christmas Day, when they take on the Kansas City Chiefs. So of course, this game will be an arrowhead, but uh, definitely expect to see Hardegree in the booth the rest of the way and see what he can do. He's also another guy that these games matter. Right, he's a first-time uh, offensive play caller. He's a first-time offensive coordinator. Can he figure this out? Can he be that guy moving forward, regardless who the GM is, regardless who the head coach is? Now, most likely, if Champ Kelly and Antonio Pierce aren't there, he probably won't be the offensive coordinator. But you never know; he could get the attention of someone else, uh, if not in the Raider organization, across the league. Like maybe he's got a little something. So these games, everything that this team puts on film is also what Bo Hardegree is putting on film, what Antonio Pierce is putting on film, what Champ Kelly is putting on film, uh, what Aiden O'Connell is putting on film. Everyone, there's a lot to play for. I've mentioned it so many times. There's a lot to play for and a lot to coach for uh, in these final three games of the season. Uh, again, they're not worried about draft uh, location, where the Raiders are going to be picking at, because they need to go out there and put their best foot forward to prove that they could be the ones moving forward. Speaking of Antonio Pierce, we will speak with him today and Saturday, 11.15 this morning and 8.45 a.m. on Saturday. So on Saturday, I got to do some hustling, right? Saturday, I got to go over to the facility, uh, talk to Antonio Pierce, go to the barbershop, get the haircut, go back to the facility and get to the locker room, right? So it's going to be a fun day on Saturday, but that's what we do. That's what we live for. Excited about that. Of course, we'll bring that sound to you uh, on Monday on Christmas morning uh, for the Lockdown Raiders podcast Christmas special, game day special as the Raiders will be taking off the Chiefs. But again, get an opportunity to be at the Intermountain Health Performance Center today talking to Antonio Pierce, all things Kansas City Chiefs as well. That's the next team up 
on the schedule coming up on Christmas morning. That's what I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast, kind of news and notes of the day. Coming up in segment number two, what is it Mark Davis could be looking for? Deshaun Reed from The Athletic, well, he'll help answer that question as he was a guest on my radio show on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920 on Tuesday. That's coming up after a word from Prize Picks. What is Prize Picks? Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They're the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros, sharks, you're picking more than or less than a two to six stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Just like that. Basketball season's here. I don't know if you saw what John Morant did on Tuesday night in his first game back. He was on a 25-game suspension. All he did is mess around and have 34 points, 8 assists, and 6 rebounds. And oh, by the way, hit the game-winning shot to help the Memphis Grizzlies pick up their 7th win of the victory. So maybe you want to roll with a John Morant now that he's back. Maybe you want to roll with a Zamir White. You think he might get some burn. Or a Devontae Adams. Or, I don't know, a Trey Tucker. Maybe you want to combine those. You can do that right now. They have combo projections. Uh, you want to play alongside with Prize Picks' favorite players? You can. Meek Mill, comedian Andrew Schultz, uh, they're all part of the community plays. It's, it's wild how many different folks are involved with Prize Picks. Prize Picks even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. Prize Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. Right now, go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. One more time for the folks in the back row prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. The promo code is locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Once you hear a little bit of a segment from the conversation I had with Deshaun Reed from The Athletic on Tuesday on my radio show, Unnecessary Roughness, on Raider Nation Radio 920. I do that show 2 to 5 p.m. every single day, Monday through Friday. Again, Raider Nation Radio 920. Definitely check it out. If you have the Raiders mobile app, you could just click on it and boom, it's right there on radio. You can listen that way or go to lvsportsnetwork.com, press listen live, and you can check it out. Definitely appreciate that. But been Trying to get a hold of Deshaun. He's been putting out some really good articles. Uh, one he put out about interim coaches and why they very rarely ever get hired and promoted to the full-time position. And then he put out a piece on December 13th about Raiders owner Mark Davis talking about the coach, the GM search, and who held power in the former regime. That's what it's called in The Athletic. You could check it out. But I uh, wanted to be able to get a hold of him. And finally, it took us a couple weeks to catch up. He was doing things. He was, I mean, he was flying in and out of town. Had to go to Dallas to go catch up with Mark Davis at the owner's meetings. And I thought that that was uh, just a hell of a job to be able to do that. Go do the due diligence. But was excited about the conversation that we had on Tuesday. So uh, just have a couple of questions here that you're going to hear from that conversation. It was probably about a 15 or 16 minute interview, but you're only going to hear about six minutes of it. Uh, and I really, I start off here asking about the job that AP has done since taking over November 1st. What have you thought of the overall just feeling of the team and the way they perform since AP's taken over? I think the thing that's been consistent has been their level of effort. Um, you know, the execution hasn't always been there, particularly on the offensive side of the ball. Um, you know, it wasn't that long ago, a couple weeks ago, where they laid that goose egg at home, um, yeah. and then everybody was questioning everything at that point. So um, it hasn't always been pretty, but I think they've always been fighting um, really to the end of the game. And 
competing and you haven't seen those performances where they just lay down. Even in that 3-0 game against the Vikings, I mean, the defense was balling. You know, they, they fought to the very end. And, you know, I, I think that shows you that the players are really rallying around this staff and, and Pierce in particular, and they believe in what he's talking about. Um, you know, they may not have the pieces that they need to ultimately get to where they want to go this season, but I think that's something that you can take as a positive moving forward. And then also, you know, seeing some of the young guys step up and, and develop um, that we haven't seen perform like this in the past, in the past whether it's the Malcolm Coops, um, Amik Robertson, uh, Trayvon Merrick having a back, bounce back year, uh, Dylan Fong, Trey Tucker starting to shine through, Michael Mayer. So you're seeing some, some development and also just across the board, whether it's a veteran or a young guy, they're all fighting hard. And so I think those have been the biggest takeaways so far. Obviously, we still have uh, three games left here to go with the rest of the season, so we'll see how they close it out. But, you know, you have to be impressed with the job that he's done to this point. You went to Texas. You went all the way to Dallas and sat down with Mark Davis at the owners' meetings and had a really good article that you put out on The Athletic about what he's looking for. Uh, and even it came up in the article about a, a head of football operations. What was that conversation like that you, you know, just kind of your experience sitting down and talking with MD? Yeah, I thought he was pretty candid overall. Um, you know, whether it, you know, goes into accepting the blame for, you know, the failures of the previous regime or really just, you know, the issues that the Raiders have had produce some wins on the field since he's taken over as the principal owner. Um, it, it seemed like he really genuinely owned that and realized where he made his mistakes and obviously wants to turn around in the future. And so that's something that, um, you know, you could say is easy to do, but you don't see that from a lot of owners um, across the league taking on that kind of, kind, of, kind of culpability in terms of where things stand for the franchise. And I think when it came to, you know, how he's evaluating Champ Kelly in particular, that stood out because, that's been something that we've all been kind of wondering, right? I mean, yeah. they, they were brought in after the trade deadline. What was he really going to do to prove himself, you know, as a potential GM, you know, to separate himself with the previous the moves that the previous regime had made? And, you know, we've seen it, whether it's moves like Jack Jones, you know, picking him up off of waivers um, or just managing the roster throughout these, these last few weeks. Um, he's made an impact and, and made some moves that helped them turn things around and have a shot here at the end of the season. And Antonio Pierce, you know, admittedly, Mark Davis said he didn't really know much about him until he, you know, before he promoted him to the interim head coach role. Um, didn't really have that close of a relationship, but he's been open, you know, in evaluating him and giving himself a chance to prove that he deserves the job. And with all that being said, you know, taking an eye towards the offseason, I think Mark seems like he's not getting too wrapped up in the emotions of the situation. You know, he's still going to conduct, conduct a thorough GM and head coach search and consider outside candidates as well, you know, no matter how the rest of the season plays out. And so um, he's not going to get in this, into a situation where he, you know, has his mind made up already and it's some sort of sham process and he already knows what he's going to do. And, you know, it seems like it's going to be a true process going into this offseason. And from what he said, um, you know, it, it seems like he's going to make a decision about the GM first. And then from there, they're going to conduct a head coaching search and make a decision on that end as well. And as you, as you said, he insinuated he also thinks that they may need to bring in potentially a, a president of football operations. And some people may wonder, all right, what is that position? What does it mean? It's essentially an advisory role for the head coach and the GM where um, they're a point of contact between ownership and them to sort of keep checks and balances uh, throughout the, the, the franchise. They typically aren't making the final say, um, you know, overruling the GM or overruling the head coach on personnel matters, but they're really more so of a mentorship, consulting, advisory role that, you know, Mark Davis, you know, he said it himself, you know, he doesn't think he's capable of doing. He doesn't have that football knowledge that perhaps his father, Al Davis, had in the past. And so, again, I think that comes back to him being candid and honest about where things stand and what the franchise needs to be successful moving forward. Sushant Reed from The Athletic is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. So it sounds like to me that he's 
probably more open to Champ Kelly and Antonio Pierce than maybe he was with Rich Bisaccia a couple years ago. Did you take that away, or is that me reading too much into it? Um, I, don't, I don't know if he wasn't open to Rich Bisaccia at the time. Um, I, I do think that, you know, Mark Davis, when he's evaluating these things, like anybody, like any fan, you know, there are some emotions involved. And I think that Rich Bisaccia's situation, as, as well as that turnaround went, the note that they ended on was just a hard one for him to get over. I think you know they had a legitimate chance to beat the Bengals in that game and um, couldn't, you know, came up short there at the end. And I think that just lasted in his mind. You know, some of the the game management errors and some of the offensive issues that they had, and I think that just made it hard for him to keep that current staff in place. And so I'm not so sure if they, you know, I don't know a lot of people have said would he go back in time when he just retained Bacaccia instead of going out and hiring the game and Ziggler like. You know, Mark Davis isn't really a man of, of many regrets. You know, he right. learns and he's open to learning, but I'm not so sure, uh, you know, that would have changed. But I do think that he's genuinely open in terms of evaluating the staff and giving them the chance to potentially show that they should be carried on as a full-time staff. And I, I will also say he did say that, you know, it's not necessarily both or none. You know, it's a situation where he could keep Champ Kelly and not keep Antonio Pierce, or he could keep Antonio Pierce and not keep Champ Kelly himself. So, he doesn't have to necessarily keep both of them or none of them. It's not a, a joint package, you know, like it was when he hired the Daniels and Ziggler. You know, they were hired together, and if they were going to get fired, they were going to get fired together. This is a different situation. And so he's independently evaluating both, you know, the job that Champ Kelly is doing as a GM and then also the job that Antonio Pierce is doing as a head coach. So there you go. That was the conversation or part of the conversation I had with Deshaun Reed from The Athletic on Tuesday on my radio show, Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. You want to hear the whole conversation, you can. Go to lvsportsnetwork.com, look under podcast, Unnecessary Roughness. It's right there. The whole three-hour show, really good stuff. And, again, I thought it was great that he went all the way to Dallas to go to the owners' meetings, to sit down one-on-one. There's a lot of false out there right now. I say it all the time. There's a lot of uh, false news, false information, false sources, people just throwing stuff out there on Twitter. Uh, it's, it's a dangerous time, and a lot of folks are trying to rely on the, on the passion and the energy of Raider Nation, and so they just try to put some stuff out there to get you going. But for him to go all the way to Dallas, catch up with the owner, and bring back some real actual facts, I thought that that was really cool, really well done by Tashawn. So hopefully you enjoyed that little clip. It was only about six minutes of a 16- to 17-minute conversation I had with them on Tuesday on my radio show. Coming up in segment number three, we'll get into calls and text straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. We'll get into it next here on the Locked On Raiders podcast. Before we do that, though, I do want to tell you about Game Time. Not only is it the title sponsor of the show here on the Locked On Raiders podcast, but it is a way for you to get last-minute tickets so you don't have to worry about them when you're buying tickets to the next big events. Whether that big event is a sporting event like a football game, basketball game, a baseball game when baseball's in whatever the case may be maybe a concert a comedy show theater event uh, game time has got you hooked up in a in a major way they got killer last minute deals all in prices views from your seat and their best price guarantee game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets they've got last minute tickets flash deals zone deals easy to find any buy tickets for any kind of event in your area and again views from all seats in the venue so you know exactly what you're getting before you actually get it what do you have to do to get that well download the game time app create an account use the promo code locked on nfl for 20 dollars off your first purchase again download the game time app create that account use that promo code locked on nfl you'll get 20 dollars off your first purchase terms apply again create the account use the pr- promo code locked on nfl l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n nfl for 20 dollars off Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. 
your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Want to jump into your calls and text draft that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line 707-654-4693. Got a lot to get to, so I'll try to jump into it as quick as possible. Vader Raider in the 303, he starts things off calling to chime in about the head coach and the GM job. Also chimes in on a couple other coaches. Then... Brought up the Chargers game as well. Here he is, Vader Raider in the 303. Q, Raider Nation, it's your boy Vader Raider. Q, just wanted to chime in on a couple things today. Uh, first of all, you are the best podcast in Raider Nation, um, by far. Everybody knows it. Everybody outside of the nation knows it. And, uh, you know, you're the, you're the best, po- best podcaster. Uh, and, of course, we are the best fans in all of professional sports. First of all, now that that's out of the way, and happy holidays to you and yours. Um, just wanted to chime in about the head coach GM search. I want Mark Davis to do his diligence. I want him to get it right. I want him to get the advice of everyone possible. My hope is that AP stays and Champ Kelly stays just because, you know, Champ is already in those meetings for next season. He's already in the scouting sessions and he already kind of has an idea of where we're going, uh, in the draft. And I kind of want that to kind of stick. So that would be great. And hopefully, that's the direction we'll steer in, and I, you know, AP can't say enough. You know, he's a leader of men. If anything, if Bo can be the X's and O's guy, it's great, but if not, then we go out and find an offensive coordinator. He's a leader of men. He should stay. Um, and, oh, oh, by the way, Patrick Graham, you can stay, too, because you've done a phenomenal job. Q, to my point, uh, to my second point here, sorry, you know, 63 to 21. Now, I, I, the, the win has been diminished and it's kind of been belittled a little bit by people like, oh, you beat up on a weaker team, oh, this and that. Let's remember a couple points here. One, the Chargers are an NFL football team. Chargers prepare just like the Raiders do, okay? They watch film. They go to meetings, okay? They still are a professional sports team. Remember that, okay? Lastly, the Chargers have pride. There is no way that anybody on that team want to get their butts kicked by the Raiders giving up 63 points. Believe me. Khalil Mack, you know, Joey Bosa, you know, everybody on that team, you know, Herbie, you know, Eckler, they didn't want to get embarrassed like that. So remember that they have pride like every other NFL team. Nobody wants to get beat like that. That's demoralizing to them. They're going to remember that for a long time, Raider Nation, believe me. So the Chargers in years to come are going to be very, very deadly. Not deadly, but they're going to be very, very dangerous in that situation because they're going to remember. All right, Raider Nation. Well, have a happy holiday, and uh, hopefully uh, next Monday we're talking about a victory. Let's beat the Chiefs. All right, Raider Raider, out. Thanks so much for the call and the kind words on the show. I definitely appreciate you. And you know you're one of the original OGs, right? Been rocking with me since day one since I took over the podcast here. Appreciate it. And you've been there for the growth along the way. And like I said, it's been awesome, man. And I don't take that for granted. As far as the, you know, the coach GM and the search goes, I agree with you, right? I feel really good about Coach AP. I feel really good about uh, Champ Kelly. But 
I do believe that MD is going to do his due diligence. As you heard from Mark Davis or from Tashawn Reed on Mark Davis in segment number two of today's show, uh, it's going to be it's going to be a, a, a interview process. They're not just going to go ahead and make up their mind instantly. Like I can have my feelings, you can have your feelings. Raider Nation can have their feelings. Mark Davis is going to do everything he can to get the the, the higher right. He hasn't got the higher right yet. He needs to go ahead and do that, and he realizes that's on him. That's not on anybody else but him. As far as the game goes, nobody in the league wants to get beat down like the Chargers got beat down, right? It's not being talked about a lot because Staley got fired the next day. Everyone knew he was going to get fired at the end of the season. He ends up getting fired the next day, so the Chargers quit on him. So that was the that's the storyline. Instead of the Raiders coming back after you know getting shut out after and four days later, short week, putting up 63 points, getting defensive touchdowns, scoring offensive touchdowns, rookies scoring. Instead of that, it's, well, the Chargers quit on the team. And, and look, or Chargers quit on the coach. They're not wrong. They obviously did at some point. You could tell they didn't want to be out there. But the Raiders were motivated, and they were playing at a very high level. They were, I mean, they were on their A game. They really were. And so uh, I was very impressed because, again, they got shut out on Sunday, and they put up 63 points on Thursday against a division rival. So, uh, you know, hey, if you're the Raiders, you take that up, that 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 butt whooping of your division rival, the Chargers, you, you whoop them, you feel good about it, and you start to prepare for KC and hope you can do everything you can to repeat the performance. Obviously not put up 63 points, but you want to go out there and put your best foot forward and put your best football on film like you did Thursday against the Chargers. Thanks so much for the call. Up next, got a text from Victoria. Uh, Victoria from the 562. She said, I have a few comments and questions for you. First off, I've been seeing and hearing a narrative about Justin Fields and potential trade for him. My personal opinions on him, I know he's a mobile quarterback, which is good, but I feel like he lacks in his throwing ability a bit and decision-making. Maybe it's a coaching coaching issue. Maybe it's the structure of the offense itself. Who knows? But I wouldn't want it to be a Jimmy G situation all over again. Now, with that being said, there's a good chunk of possibilities at the quarterback position this upcoming season. Ultimately, none of that matters until we know who our head coach and offensive coordinator will be moving forward. Selfishly, I want AP to stay on and get the job. I think he's resilient, and much more than that, he's a leader. And it's apparent day-to-day in the way he handles situations, speaks and holds himself as well as others accountable. Also, I really like Champ Kelly. He's a very esteemed leader, and I don't see why Mark Davis would pass on keeping him as GM, even without AP, when he hasn't really given him the opportunity to show his true potential. If Mark Davis would have have these two in place before the trade deadline, I think we would have been in a much better position, and he would have been a, had a better opportunity to see uh, what these guys could really do. If I'm being completely honest right now, the potential coaches in the market are now are all going to be a gamble. So why not stick with the people your team wants to play for? Anyway, Q's, I'd love to hear your thought on that. As always, thanks so much for what you do, and happy holidays to you and your family. That's from Victoria in the 562. Great detailed text. Thank you so much. Happy holidays to you and your family as well. And I agree. You know, I look at the coaches that are potentially out there. You can go for the home run hire like the Jim Harbaugh. I get that. And he's going to make the team better. Like, there's no doubt about it. He's also going to want a ton of power. He's also going to want to be hired before the GM because he's going to want to put his guys in place. I don't think that that's a good idea. I think that, and you heard Deshaun Reed say this as well in segment number two, that Mark Davis really wants to hire the GM before the head coach. I think that's the way it should happen. I think that's the way it should only happen. You know, there's too many times where it's been the coach and then the GM gets hired, just like the last staff when it came to McDaniels and Dave Ziegler. That's exactly what it was. So I think that Champ Kelly and AP are in a really good position. I really do. Uh, I think that, you know, when you think, and this is a topic that I had on uh, my radio show on Tuesday, and, and maybe I'll address it and go into more detail about it later, but 
I think when you think of Raiders football, at least what I think of when I think of Raiders football is toughness, swagger, you know, uh, defense going out there, making plays, uh, taking what you want, you know, going deep, uh, having a strong run game, uh, you know, scoring points, having a lot of fun, talking a little trash. You know what I'm saying? Just that that's that's what I that's what I envision. And when I think of Raiders football, just in general, and I'll tell you right now, the Raiders aren't quite there, but I feel like that they're close to that. I feel like AP has got them close to that. And that was a topic that I had on my radio show that really ended up being a great topic. A lot of folks chimed in about it, and I thought it was awesome. So there's a lot of different directions that Mark Davis can go, but I think he very well could have the guys in place already. Now, that doesn't mean just give them the job. They still need to go earn it. And I think that AP knows that. I know Champ Kelly knows that. And they're going to go out there and do everything they can. And that's why I'm excited to see what the next three games look like and see how the, you know, how the chips fall. But – I'm with you. I think that they have the, the, the guys in place already. They just got to go out there and prove it. But thanks so much for that. And as far as Justin Fields goes, I'm with you. I don't want Justin Fields either. I think that he could be a potential good quarterback. But my biggest hang-up with him is he has his last year of his contract in 2024. That means soon after the season's over this year, whatever team has him, has the rights to him, has to make a decision on the fifth-year option. And then you're going to have to commit a big-time contract to him at some point, a contract extension. If you're going to trade for him, you're committing to him. You have to give him a big-time contract extension, and he hasn't proven that he's worth that big-time contract extension. I'd rather the Raiders make a trade, go get a quarterback, and then at least you have control for four or five years, whatever you choose to do, and you have him on a rookie deal. To me, and that's just me, that makes the most sense. But we'll see what the Raiders do, but I'm with you. I'm out on Justin Fields. I think he could be potentially good in the league. I just don't think he's potentially good in the league for the silver and black. Thank you so much for that text. I appreciate you. Got a call from Raider Izzy. He's calling to talk about the call we got from Raider Kev on Tuesday's show and wants to not only agree with it, but he also wants to add to it. Here he is, Raider Izzy. What up, Q, Raider Izzy? Um, wanted to chime in on Raider Kev's call. Um, 100% agree with it. 110% agree with it. I want to add to it, though. Another thing, too, the national comparison here is Masaccio for obvious reasons. You know, interim coach takes over, the team shows improvement. I get it. And, and, and you got to keep in mind, though, with Bisaccia, okay? Bisaccia had three former head coaches on his staff. He had Tom Cable, he had Marinelli, he had Gus Bradley. And granted, I understand we're not talking about, you know, three Bill Belichick's here. They were not successful head coaches. I get it. But those are still three head coaches that helps him manage the game. They have experience doing it themselves. So clock management, game management, um, utilizing your challenges, um, things along those lines, he had a lot of help doing that. And I'm not taking anything away from Sachia. I love Sachia. But Pierce doesn't have anyone. So that's why he's bringing in Marvin Lewis. That's why he brought in Adam Gase. That's why he brought in um, – I forget who the other one was. But, like, you know – it, he needs to get that help from outside the building because there's no former head coaches. We have a very young coaching staff, in all seriousness. You look and you see, like, Carolina has has um, uh, Dom Capers, and I know Wright got fired, but, like, um, John Fox has a position like that, uh, these senior guys. And, and Rex Ryan is our senior defensive assistant who kind of aligns with those guys, but he's never been a head coach either. So, like, we have a young coaching staff, and – he needs Pierce needs that help. So I totally agree with Raider Kev. Man, is he leading men? Is he is he adjusting? He's doing a phenomenal job. This whole thing with Kuntz 
is incredible. Like, this is the first Raider coach we've had in years, over a decade, where they actually played a player to his strength. Gruden never did that. How many times did I call in this podcast complaining about how he used Marcus Joyner as a slot corner because he refused to move him as safety because of the play he saw in college that reminded him of Rondé Barber? How many times did I call to you complaining about that? This is incredible, the fact that we're actually playing players to their strengths. It's one-on-one with coaching. The Raiders have not had that. McDaniel didn't do that. Gruden didn't do that. And also, at the same time, man, Pierce, he's just like, this isn't his team. Like, this isn't the team he would put together. You know what I mean? He was given this team. I'm sure he loves the guys. I get it. But, like, he didn't have the offseason. He didn't have all that. So, let's, 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 let's do it greater depth that. 100% right. This is how we should be going about this. So totally agree with great call, a great show. Love the show as always, bro. Later. Thanks for the call, my man. I appreciate you. And yeah, uh, AP does not have all the former head coaches on the staff like Basaccia did. You bring up a good point with Gus Bradley and Tom Cable. All those guys have been there, done that. Uh, AP doesn't have that, right? Not at all. So, I mean, he's got Patrick Graham, a guy that's, you know, obviously been a defensive coordinator. Uh, he's been in the interview process for the head coaching job, but he's never had that, that head coaching job. Bo Hardegree is a first-time offensive coordinator, first-time play caller. So not only is he trying to lead this team, he's trying to lead it with the offensive coordinator and a play caller that's never done it before. Right, I mean, of course, he's got uh, the the comfortableness of the offensive uh, line coach, and of course, the the special teams coach. But those guys haven't been head coaches either. So you're right, you know, and that's why I think that bringing in Marvin Lewis, bringing in Tom Coughlin, bringing in Adam Gase was was smart. It was smart, and it was humble, and it was showing that he has attention to detail. Hey, look, I may need a little bit of you know a little seasoning. I may need someone that's been there, done that, to kind of guide me and. Uh, evaluate what I'm doing, how my meetings are going, how I'm running practice. What do they think? Give me some feedback. Give me some constructive criticism. The reason I like that the most, everyone can't take constructive criticism. Those are the two C words that a lot of people have problems with. Constructive criticism. Everyone thinks that you're trying to bring them down, bring them down. Oh, he's being mean to me. No, it's constructive criticism. That's a real thing. So when he's operating out there, if Marvin Lewis says, yeah, AP, you know, you should have done this like this, or it would be better uh, to your, you know, coaching style and, and uh, you know, better for, you know, time management if you do it this way, or, yeah, you probably should have called a timeout here and this, that, and whatever the case may be. Instead of taking it personal, like so many people do nowadays, it's just constructive criticism, and it's a good thing. It really is, and it's going to help get better. It's going to help him get better. And that's what I think is really smart on his part. He's showing that he doesn't know everything. He's not trying to be the smartest dude in the room. He doesn't mind learning from others, you know, taking what they do really well and, and turn it into his own style. I think that that's a really good thing. So thanks so much for that call. We'll take one more text. That's from Assassin's Ghost. Hey, Q, the Assassin Ghost here. I want AP for our next coach. I just want to tell you what solidified my choice. During the game against the Chargers, up by 35, Amit got a flag for taunting after a nice hit, and AP pulled him out. That shows a lot from the coach. He could have celebrated the hit with the player, but instead pulling him shows that we have to play with physicality and speed, but within discipline. Go Raiders. That's from Assassin's Ghost, and I remember seeing that when it happened. I remember the, the taunt that, that uh, Amik did, and I remember him running to the sideline with his head down and uh, AP kind of putting his arm around him. was like, hey, you know, yada, 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 young man, one play out, he gets back into the game. But you're right. He had that attention to detail, and he does that all the time. He's focusing on everything, and he almost pulled Jack Jones out of the game before the interception because Jack Jones was out there talking trash. 
It wasn't that he was doing anything wrong. He was just talking trash, and he didn't, he didn't want him to be out there talking trash like that. Attention to detail, attention to detail, attention to detail. Then he comes up with the big, the big interception, so he's happy for that. But he also, like you said, uh, discipline. Discipline, physicality, speed, play smart, but also you don't have to be you know, jaw-jacking the whole time. So there's a fine line, and I think that he's really bringing that element to the table, and I really do like that. And, again, we'll get into some much deeper conversations when it comes to Antonio Pierce, you know, Champ Kelly, and others. But uh, I do like the, the way that they're going, the direction they're going, the leadership that they're going. They've got my vote for the next head coach and GM of the Silver and Black. We'll see what happens. It's not about my vote. It's not about Raider Nation's vote, obviously. Right. It's, it's not about even all the players in the locker room. There's a few players like the Devontae Adams, Max Crosby, Josh Jacobs, others that will obviously uh, be talked with with uh, Mark, Mark, uh, Mark Davis to decide what they're going to do or, or kind of be a part of the process. But, you know, it's at the ultimate time, it's, it's Mark Davis, uh, the, everybody, his advisors that he's talking to. And uh, they're going to come up with their decision the way they come up with their decision. But like I said, uh, he's got my vote. Champ Kelly's got my vote. I'm with that. I'm good with it. Thanks so much for the text. Thanks for all the feedback. Uh, we got a call from Raider Matt, a text from Enzo that we still got to get to. Tomorrow is crossover Thursday. So, of course, we'll uh, talk all things Raiders and Chiefs. We'll talk about storylines. We'll talk about matchups. We'll talk about path to victory. And I'm feeling better about this game coming up on Christmas morning. I'll just say that. Raiders and Chiefs at Arrowhead Stadium feeling a lot better than that uh, right now. But we'll talk about that coming up on tomorrow's show. So, as always, Raider Nation, take care of yourself. Take care of your family. Love on your family. Until then. As always, just win, baby.